1: Let's What's up, everybody? We're back with Sooner Nation, the online podcast for Heartland Sports, -sports heartland-sports.com. I'm Matt, he's Rich, talking about uh, a fun first weekend in college football. I'm going to ask you to forgive my voice right off the go. It's not because I screamed and cheered and yelled at my television all weekend. I've been fighting a head cold. Um, There's so much to talk about going back from last weekend to coming into this weekend with Oklahoma-Ohio State game. But the most important thing I need to know from you, first question of the day is the new podcast music. <clears throat> are you in or out because I'm getting mixed reviews from you on this For,
0: from me. Yeah, are you crazy? No I'm, I'm want to know are you, I told you I told you I was digging the tunes because that, <clears throat> that was when you showed it to me. yeah last but then week. like
1: and yesterday in conversation, you were like, yeah, it's not really what we talked about last week. That's not
0: what I said at all. It is. Go back Isn't and look. I, I am going to go back and look. All right. Look because um, what what it should have said was it was exactly what we talked about last No, week.
1: that's not what it was. So I've been see, sick and see. on cold medicine, so I could have read it wrong, but
0: I can't look at my phone because we're doing Facebook Live. So here here we go. Did you listen to the bumper music yeah. on our podcast? <clears throat> uh-huh. And you said. I said, yes, it was exactly what we said. Oh, I thought you said my not office. exactly. Not bad. Okay. I've. I, I forgive you. And okay.
1: I'll forgive you. <laughs> Oklahoma uh, just destroys UTEP, fifty-six to seven. Definitely got thoughts on that. Uh, Oklahoma State, what that that game was that what you expected at Oklahoma State, Tulsa, or was that more
0: impressive to you than what you expected? Judging. Forgive us for talking about OSU first, but judging by my score prediction, it's exactly what I expected. You know, I had said forty-nine to, to twenty-seven. The score ended up being 59 to 24. I thought Tulsa was going to put up some points. There were some question marks defensively. You lose um, a really good guy along the defensive line for Oklahoma State. And the question was, how good would they be at stopping the run? Knowing Tulsa's very capable of running the ball, I was... More so, looking at how would would Tulsa test them passing wise, and I think Oklahoma State secondary absolutely held up. I think um, their Tulsa starting quarterback averaged five yards per pass attempt or per pass play, um, which is a very respectable number. It was that 244 rushing yards that they gave up that could be cause for concern when they see some of these bigger offensive lines. Looking at a um, a couple of teams, Texas, Oklahoma. Um, Kansas, should I mention Kansas? In, in Why not, man? Uh, they've got I'm a better just, record than the other teams. In like the Big I'm 12. saying, I'm just I'm throwing right out there. a couple teams here in Texas. the Big Twelve who I think should be able to run the ball at a, at a high level. Whether they actually do or they don't is a completely different story because we haven't seen that from at least Texas and Oklahoma no. at this point in time.
1: Well, I, th- I think you know, and we talked about it in our last po- podcast. When, when Tulsa doesn't know who their starting quarterback is, as a defensive coordinator, what that means is you're going to play to stop the run and make a quarterback beat you. Right. And Tulsa just didn't. I mean, I, I think Chad President has has potential. I, I, I mean, there were some things there that were impressive. Um, and he's not true. I mean, he's not a, like a true rookie in that he's never played college football before, but he's never made a start. And, and it was evident that it was his first ever start. And it's, you know, got everything from the chemistry issues to whatever. So I, I think, what I guess what I'm wondering is, is Oklahoma State really that good against the run or is it because of who their opponent was? And unfortunately, we won't know that for a couple of weeks because they play at South Alabama this week and then they go to Pittsburgh. And I don't think Pittsburgh is as good as they were last year. And Oklahoma State beat them in Stillwater last year. But and I was impressed. With Oklahoma State, I think you look at the the one turnover Mason Rudolph had. That's I and mean, that's just trying to get out of his area of expertise. You know, he's trying to uh, extend a play, but he's not a scrambler. You know, he's a pocket passer. That's why the NFL really wants this guy because of his pocket presence. He should have thrown that ball away. Instead, he gets hit and fumbles it. Um, but still, I, I just I, I think I think oh, I, for me. Everybody in the Big 12 played their part this weekend, including Baylor, including <laughs> Texas. We'll, we'll get back to that when we get to really the
0: right
1: I'm serious. Well, I'll, I'll prove it to you here in everyone. just a minute. Um, UTEP. Oklahoma 56-7 over UTEP. You know, everyone had said that the transition from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley was, um, was smooth. I, I think that played out on Saturday. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... When's the last time, in your recollection, when's the last time you saw an Oklahoma team have that impressive of a season debut? During transition? No, just in general. Last year, they lost a season opener to Houston. Mm -hmm. The year before, they played Akron in what was a very sloppy game where the offense kind of sputtered out of the gate. I mean, it's been a couple years, at least three years since they've had... That they've looked that crisp in a season opener. Now they looked crisp at times last year throughout the season. I mean, going all the way all the way through the Sugar Bowl, but to start the season like that, I mean, Baker nineteen of twenty. Really, that that incompletion was was due to. A, I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. It was a pass interference. <laughs> I mean, he should be nineteen for nineteen. But you know, for Baker to be perfect, and, and when you when you consider the That Even give him the one incompletion. Let's make it an overthrown pass or a drop, okay? But still to have that kind of efficiency with a brand new crop of receivers. Because going into the season, what what were all the pundits saying? Best offensive line in the Big 12. Best quarterback in the Big 12. Heisman finalist. But we don't know who the running backs are going to be. And we don't know who the receivers are going to be. And that's what's going to hurt OU. Baker goes to Twitter. And he defends the honor of his receivers, so to speak. And then he kind of let them do the the talking for themselves. I mean, all around here, I have one question about the offense still that I, that I don't think is resolved. But I I, I don't I don't think how I, I mean when I did the I did the recap. I know you did the offensive recap. I did the defensive recap. I didn't go position by position. I just said A's across the board because. Both sides of the ball were smooth. I mean, you you couldn't have asked for more, could you?
0: Well, I mean, they did give up the touchdown. and I I Fire Mike Stoops! He's the worst ever! I I read your your recap, and there is for sure when you have an experienced guy like Matthew Romar not on the field, it can lead to trouble, and that's exactly what we saw. So you see the implementation of him once again. That running attack kind of sees... I mean, they really slowed down. Am I am I wrong in saying that, especially after breaking that long run? Um, so, yeah, with Oklahoma, you're talking about the transition. You're talking about Lincoln Riley taking over. And, and I do expect it to be very smooth, um, partly because the coaching staff is the same. We're not seeing two brand-new coordinators step into, into those co- coordinator roles for the right. very first time. Lincoln Riley still calling plays. Mike Stoops is still the defensive coordinator, things hadn't changed and there wasn't this giant overhaul that we typically see when a transition happens. So I know we haven't talked or thrown out anything from Ohio State, but I have read um, where Urban Meyer has said this really Oklahoma is not a different team to prepare for than they were last year. It's not a difficult preparation week because it is those same play callers. Um, and so, to an extent, I, I agree with him. Um, there will be a little bit more freedom for a guy like Lincoln Riley on offense to not have to check everything. It's what he says goes. Um, I assume Mike Stoops has that same capability or that same freedom moving forward. But, of course, we will get there. So, transition-wise, yeah, I agree with you. Things went smoothly.
1: Well, of course, they're the same team. I think they're a little bit better uh, defensively than what they were last last season. Um, but maybe they're not quite as, uh, after we've just raved about them, maybe they're not quite as efficient offensively. I mean, this is going to be a big test against Ohio State. But, I mean, you, you can't, from, from what you've seen an opening weekend, you, Ohio State struggled a little bit at Indiana. Oklahoma struggled. Uh, Oklahoma didn't struggle at, at all. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay, um... Here's my question about Oklahoma offensively. Here, here's here's the one thing I don't know yet. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Who's the starting running back? No, who's the feature running back?
0: That, that, that is a question that will not be answered. We know who the starter I, is. It's Abdul Adam, I which by the way, you know we called.
1: Week. If you read my did you read my three players to watch on offense? Yeah, totally. You lied. I didn't. You lied. Right, my three players to watch were mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. Abdul
0: Adams and Mark Andrews, which nailed it. Which I'm going to go ahead and just throw my hat in there as well. Um, into the you're not an right player to watch. No, no, no. Into the I was I was right. Putter. Oh, gotcha. And maybe it's a shoe that I need to throw in instead. This in just have. tell us um, because when we go back into the preseason and we are looking at everything coming out of camp, the word was at least from what I was reading, maybe you saw something differently, but it was that people were expecting Rodney Anderson to carry this running back group as the oldest guy of that group. Not necessarily the most experienced, um, but then I saw on Twitter the official Sooner Sports (laughs) pushing out these different tweets about Abdul Adams and how he's had such a great camp, and the progress that he's made from year one to year two. And so I just jumped on there, kind of ran with that full steam ahead, and said, Abdul Adams will be that starter. And you need to to make sure that's a name that you know come September. Um, and lo and behold, like I said, you, you were on board with it as well. Abdul Adams was that guy. But here, here's
1: the thing. Great Oklahoma offenses – They've not been a single back. I mean, there's it's a, there's, true. there's a combo. You, you, you it's know, true. That's... We, we just experienced it with P Ryan and Mixon. But you can go back. You know, you can go all the way back to um, well, Murray, Demarco Murray had
0: Chris Brown,
1: Keywan Jones, Adrian Peterson. I mean, you you, you go back. I mean, you, you might remember Ronaldo works. I mean, in that career. I mean, they they've always had two guys. I, here's here's the thing. And all I mean, I love Rodney Anderson's story of of not quitting and, and, and overcoming. You know, there, there's a guy who's highly touted, a lot of expectations. He, he has the knee injury, he has the neck injury, but he's still out there. And I, I thought it was cool that he got the first touchdown. But Abdul Adams looks stronger, and he's his lateral movement, I was super impressed. Not just the straight burst up the field, but the patience he showed. The the patience to, to wait for the hole to open up and then burst through and then go laterally a little bit. I thought he, I mean, I was really, I, I had him as the guy, as what we are just talking about, but I was even more impressed than I thought I would be with him. Sutton looked like the quickest of the running backs. When you just talk about straight speed, I love the burst that he has. I, I think he may be the fastest. Um, Sermon, Trey Sermon, looked like the most powerful of the backs. I mean, there's that one video out there of him just moving the pile. I mean, I remember watching it in real time going, wow, oh, that's, that for a freshman, yeah. That's a power run right there. I think Anderson's fourth. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. I, we were just sure. one game in, but um, but th- from the sample size we saw, which by the way we said there'd be a lot of running backs, mm-hmm. and I think not counting quarterbacks, there's like seven people who carried the ball. You have two fullbacks scoring touchdowns. I don't think the fullbacks are going to be those feature guys we're talking about, but it is kind of cool to see them. I, I don't. I don't know where you put. I mean, because think about it. With his injury, is Anderson really that much more experienced than uh, Trey Sermon? Is he that much more experienced than Marcellus Sutton? I mean, he is. He does have more time in the system.
0: Yeah, but more time on campus. But I'm talking
1: about talent and game experience. Right, right. I mean, we'll find here's, out. I mean, here's, here's the thing: you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to show your hand this week. You do. So we'll know for sure. And, yes, and I think part of, I think part of what Lincoln Riley was trying to do is is make Ohio State think, okay, which one of these guys are they, they going to come out as? Because right. I think Ohio State knows it's going to be a combo, but who's it going to be?
0: Right. Go ahead. I, 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 I totally know. agree. And I was going to ask you that question in follow up to the statement that I was going to make, um, and that was simply. On Saturday, I don't feel like anyone set themselves apart, nor do I feel like the reverse of that is true and that anyone set themselves behind. I, see, I don't, I, don't,
1: I don't think Anderson did anything to set himself behind. Mm-hmm. I just think the other three guys were that much more impressive. I, I agree. The workload was pretty even with these four.
0: I mean, Anderson got four carries. That's what I'm saying. The max was nine. I mean that was the top ball carrier, of nine carries. That's my point. So why well, I, I, I get that. And maybe maybe
1: it's because they don't want Ohio State to get a no, lot of no. film
0: of Anderson. I, I'm on board with that. But I'm saying I, I can't say that, Oh yeah, a guy's number four when well, he only had four four carries to his name. Okay, I I
1: get you. I, I can see that point and we'll find out Saturday night. But I just tell you, man, I this stable of backs you try not to overreact to one game but again i mean this this was a smooth utep was definitely out of their league i mean there there's no way Let, let's let's bring it back to be to some reality here utep was out of their league but even so i you know i, I, you know, I kind of throw this out there it seems like every week when i do the the box radio on tuesday mornings they were kind of talking about the same thing, about UTEP being out of the league and why Baker Mayfield's 19 of 20 is not that impressive. How many, how many times – you've been around football for a long time. You've been around high school football. You've been around college football. How many times in pregame warm-ups does a quarterback not complete 19 of 20 passes? I mean, I mean think about it. How many times – even at OU, when they're doing those pregame warm-ups, you see guys drop balls.
0: Yeah, especially when they start moving towards the fades – or just these these deeper routes and warm ups, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I just uh, okay, give me your offensive player. Let's go defense first. Defensive player of the game for OU. Man. I think the, I think there's four guys. I picked one of the four, but there's also a a there's like for me there's the defensive player and then there's the co defensive player. <laughs> okay.
0: Why don't you go first, man? Right, I'm
1: gonna go with Obo. Uh, okay. he, he had he had the one sack of the game, but he tied uh, team high four tackles. Um, and then my co-defensive player of the game is going to be Stephen Parker for that bone-jarring hit. There was two really, really big big sticks in this game, Stephen Parker and then Gallimore with the, the – the, the, well, he laid the wound on the guy who was just helpless. Um, but Stephen Parker's hit dislodged the ball, kind of set the tone early for the physicality of this defense. But Oboe's definitely my guy, Stephen Parker, right underneath him. Those are good, man.
0: Can't you got nothing back. Down to you. I, I really don't. Um, and it's unfortunate for me to say that in this moment because there were. You mentioned a guy like Stephen Parker, and he's a guy who we, we wanted to perform at a high level for a long time. Um, I think he stepped into that role last year, and it's just a continuation of that for him through one game this year. Um, I was more more so interested in. We've got these true freshmen out there. We've got a guy who's starting for the first time in Parnell Motley, um, now without a Jordan Parker. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm more so focused in on these guys, and I, and I wanted to take, um, you know, someone off the defensive line. You have thrown out Oboe. We won't attempt to say his last name this week like I tried to. Hey, you did better on his last name than you did Jeff Bidette. Bidette? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just saying. Instead of. It's yeah, not French, man. It's not <laughs> French. We, we learned that the hard way. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm going to jump over on the offensive side of things then and say it's extremely difficult for me to pick anyone besides Baker Mayfield for the reasons that, that you've already mentioned. The 19 of 20, he threw three touchdowns, went um, over 300 yards, didn't have an interception. I thought he made good decisions um, throughout the duration of the game. But I I want to ask you a follow-up question on the quarterbacks. Wait, do I not get
1: to throw an offensive yeah, yeah. player of the so game out there? Yeah, yeah. give us
0: your offensive player of the game. I'll ask the question.
1: Mark Andrews.
0: You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, we knew what we had in Baker Mayfield. Did we not? We did. We knew what we had in Mark Andrews, I felt like. No,
1: because, again,
0: remember great the conversation. Caron,
1: not the same. Well, but he had one catch. It was a great catch. But <laughs> remember the conversation last week. Mark Andrews, is, is, This is if, if he's not going to do it this year, he's not going to do it. He was growing up in the shadow of, of Sterling Shepard, Dede Westbrook. Now he's the guy. He's the most experienced receiver, tight end, ball-catching person on this team. And, I mean, they, they could I think they could have thrown to Mark Andrews every down if they wanted to, and he was going to catch it and make yards. Mark Andrews, by far, was the most impressive thing we saw from this offense on Saturday. That's one humble man's opinion.
0: That's fair. Right. So my, my question is we... <laughs> Whatever. No, no, no. I mean, that's fair. And, and I want to say something, but we're not, we're not to the Ohio State kind of looking ahead at this point in time. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because one thing I noticed with Indiana was their utilization of their tight end. Um, and I think that played a huge role for them, specifically in the red zone against a team like Ohio State. And so when you've got a guy like Mark Andrews that is a big target... Um, and then you've got what I think is a very capable guy behind him. Is there the potential that Oklahoma could go with two tight ends and go with a big set here and in the red zone and try to cause these mismatches and get some easy scores? That's not my question for you. <laughs> my question for you was really about Austin Kendall, um, and not seeing him as part of that three man rotation, knowing that he's red shirting this year. Are you 100% on board with that yeah, decision? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And here's the reason why. Um,
1: I don't know it's a given that Kyler Murray is going to be at this team next season. I mean, that's where do you not, think he's going? Uh, he, he's going to go Major League Baseball. I mean, think about it. Uh, the guy's a star in two sports. He's got he's got the type of speed that pro teams want on the base paths, and it's not like he's a slouch. And, and look at the success that Cody Thomas is having. Cody Thomas quit football to play baseball got drafted and is exploding in the minor leagues and i think a guy like kyler murray who's who's a a two-sport star has the potential to see his name called relatively high in june in the major league baseball draft i don't know that it's a given that he's going to be back but even if he is you, you still have got that extra year where you stack your quarterbacks based off of experience. I think what Lincoln Riley's doing is is if Murray's back next year, there's no doubt he's the starter. But then behind Murray, the, the next year you've got Austin Kendall, who has experience. So I, I think it's a good move. And, and you know, if, if something were to happen to Baker and then something were to happen to Kyler Murray, that red shirt's gone. I mean, Austin Kendall's your, your third guy, but uh, I think it makes sense, and I think it makes sense on two different fronts.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on that um, because when I look at what the quarterbacks were able to do, I thought across the board, when you don't see a drop-off in offensive production, that's, I mean, that's a successful outing. Um, Baker Mayfield playing the first half, Kyler Murray coming out in the third quarter, and then dropping down forgive me because I don't know the third stringer's name off the top of my head. Don't don't even reach over there and Google I'm, I'm it. I'm right looking now. at our Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you're scrolling it down I'm looking at our now.
1: Facebook Live. Uh, can look Can you tell what, me his name? Look, right here. Facebook Live.
0: See? I'm craving too.
1: Well, because we have face here, I can lean back. We have face for uh, radio, not for Facebook Live. So
0: <laughs> You so. you tell me his name then. Whose name? Third-string quarterback, Oklahoma, go. Uh, is it Schaefer? Schaefer? Yeah, tr- is it Travis? No, Trav- it's not. It's just yeah. a t- Tanner. Tanner. Tanner Schaefer. Schaefer. Um, forgive me for But that. you're not
1: supposed to know the third-string quarterback. Listen, if you know the third-string quarterback's name, it's not for a good reason. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You're supposed to know you're one deep and you're two deep. If you have to go three deep, something bad happened, Right.
0: Yeah? No, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm shaking my head. Sorry. Okay. Um, I wasn't speaking. I was thinking. Cool. We're on video.
1: We'll just. just no <laughs> um, okay. Ohio State. Great. Well, before we get to Ohio State, I have because I don't know the answer to this question. I'm pretty sure you don't know it either. But it's it's, it's, it's I'm, worth I'm throwing out
0: there. you.
1: Oklahoma State top ten program. The the new rankings aren't out, but potential they're going to move up. Um. How do you play on the road at South Alabama on a Friday night? How does that happen? I really don't know. You're a top 10 program. I really don't know. People have you preseason Big 12 champion. They've got you in the playoff. You've got a Heisman contender and Mason Rudolph. This is a program that continually tries to promote themselves as being one of the premier programs in the Big 12. How do you play on the road at South Alabama on a Friday night? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, look, I I know Oklahoma State, oh, there you go, you're just bashing us because you're a Sooner fan. I, I feel like I've done a pretty fair job at covering Oklahoma State football. I feel like I've been pretty, uh, kept my bias aside. How do you play on the road on Friday night at South Alabama? I get it. I mean, I know, and this is what OSU fans are going to do. Oh, you played at Tulsa? Yeah, it's because opponent. Tulsa is a recruiting hotbed for the state. There's more talent in Tulsa, and just that general area, than any other location in the state. So, of course, you're going to go to Tulsa and play. And if it's a Friday night, it's the only show in town? Yeah, you do that. It makes sense. Who are you recruiting in South Alabama? Why are you going to South Alabama? You can't say that's a recruiting trip. Why? I mean, Boone Pickens likes to talk about how much money. He he has no problem bragging on the money that he's put in to this program. And and it's evident. You look at the stadium. You look at the uniforms. They're spending Boone's money wisely. Why did no one offer to buy this contract? Why did no one say we're going to give you $600,000 to come to Stillwater?
0: I don't have an answer for
1: you. Elite teams don't play on the road at South Alabama Apparently on a Friday night.
0: No, they don't. They they don't.
1: Okay, sorry. That and that's all we're going to say about South Alabama and Oklahoma State. That game's that's one of those games that's not even worth covering. Um, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma at. Oh, uh, I can't even talk now. Oklahoma at Ohio State. Um, I think there's two big keys here in this game. Um, I'm I'm not a big fan of the quarterback comparisons. I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than J.T. Barrett. I think J.T. Barrett um, is a is a decent quarterback, but it, if you if you had it's it's third and eleven with a game on the line and you know everyone in the stadium knows you're going to pass the football. Who do you want in the pocket, J.T. Barrett or Baker Mayfield?
0: That's easy. It should be because I'm completely in agreement with you. And it is Baker Mayfield. So
1: I think I think you gotta give that advantage to Oklahoma. I was I was really impressed with Dobbins, the freshman running back. I don't know how much of that it's kind of the same thing with UTEP. I don't know how much of that was just Indiana being not a great football team, and how much of that was really the talent of Dobbins, and then they're gonna have Mike Weber back. I, there's two things I think are, are going to be the key to this game for Oklahoma. That they want to have, stay in it, have a chance to win. The first thing is going to be turnovers. You just absolutely can't turn the ball over. And the second thing is going to be the battle the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I, I think Oklahoma's offensive line versus Ohio State's defensive line are going to be the best thing to watch. That That is the marquee matchup. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, JT Barrett, whatever. The matchup to watch is is the Oklahoma offensive line versus the Ohio State defensive line. Those are the key the key things. If Oklahoma can if Oklahoma can limit turnovers to zero, <laughs> if they can win that battle of, of line of scrimmage, particularly with their offensive unit, I like their chances. I like their chances of being I, I don't think this is gonna be the blowout game that we saw in Norman last year. And if it is, I'm I hope I think you'll agree with me, if it is the blowout game we saw in Norman last year, then it doesn't bode well for Oklahoma for the state of this program being a year later. Does that make sense?
0: Mm -hmm. Thoughts? I think as you've mentioned, the biggest matchup is, is going to be that battle at the line of scrimmage. Um, Oklahoma being touted as one of the better, if not the best offensive line, not only in the big 12 conference, but also in the country. And then you look at, Ohio state, what they're capable of doing. Um, if last week was an indicator of anything is that they, they showed an extreme capability of being able to shut down a, a running attack, um, and force the quarterback to beat you. Cause when I, when I look at that Ohio state Indiana game, and that was not a game that I had the opportunity to just sit down and watch in its entirety because of other games that just so happen to be going on at the same time. Um, I notice instantly that the quarterback in Indiana was throwing, throwing, and then throwing some more. Um, and so when you look at a team that was, for lack of a better term here, almost one dimensional um, and that they were still able to compete, I mean, he threw for 410 yards. I think you're getting a better quarterback in Baker Mayfield. So it will be interesting to see that line of scrimmage. Can they get pressure? On this offensive line using those big physical defensive ends that Ohio State possesses. Are they going to be able to rattle a guy like Baker Mayfield, who is a senior this year, who's played on the road in some some pretty um, loud places, as well as in what, what we like to call violent territory? Um, that's not the term I've ever used before. But, but they just said we like against. to call it. And yeah, we, I, I mean, was I was trying to buy myself some to think of the word, and it just never came to me. So it's out there now. There's no taking it back. Uh, besides, it's on the, the Facebook Live, it is, and that's beside the point at this point in time. Um, I just, I really do think what what's Oklahoma going to bring rushing attack wise? Are they going to be able to gain some yardage? Are they going to be able to keep this defense honest and then open up the ability for the Baker Mayfield to Mark Andrews connection. Um, are we going to see these other receivers? I don't think Ohio State secondary is, is as good as it has been in the past. And and maybe that's a misjudgment. But just at first glance, looking at what Indiana was capable of doing, it's hard for me to instantly put this stamp of, yep, their secondary is top notch. I mean, that was 410 yards.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that the Ohio State secondary is what it was uh, last year but a- again you, you gotta you, when, when you look at if there's an advantage that Oklahoma has after looking at the first weekend is that Ohio State had to tip their hand a little bit you know Ohio State tried to come out and play just vanilla football against Indiana and they couldn't do it so they had to offensively and defensively make some more than just minor adjustments Oklahoma didn't have to do that so I think Oklahoma, has a little bit of an advantage there, in that Ohio State was forced to tip their hand. That said, once you start running stunts and blitzes and all that stuff with your with your defensive front seven, that can help a
0: secondary look a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. And I was doing as we're talking here. One of the things that I guess I didn't realize was every single one of Andy receivers is over six foot three. Right. Um, So it's a a unique challenge that you see from Indiana. I don't know that I would compare them just across the board, but talent-wise, Oklahoma's got it. Um, And looking at the receivers, that was one of the question marks coming into the season, specifically on offense. You had, what do we have with the receiving court, and what do we have in that stable of running backs? And those were answers that um, are starting to reveal themselves. You had mentioned, and now I've mentioned as well, a guy like Mark Andrews being that go-to guy. So who are who are the two and three options behind him? Um, I think we saw a little solidification of that on Saturday. Um, but Badet? 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 How do you say it? Badet. We saw um, a juggling catch by him on a risky throw by ba- Baker Mayfield. Um, you had, like I said, just a couple of guys. C.D. Lamb catching a couple passes. He was expected to have... A big freshman campaign. Maybe he's not that three guy, though. But we see at least we've got two experienced receivers on the field. And that third one undoubtedly will emerge. Well, I know who it is. You talk
1: about big, tall, physical receivers. Not, not counting Mark Andrews, who is the epitome of that. You know who the next in line is? Jeffrey Meade. You think so? Jeffrey Meade's got to be that guy. You know, I, that's just just my opinion. And we'll, we'll see again. We'll see Saturday night. Um, the, let me ask you this Baker Mayfield has publicly put this team on his back. I mean, he is the everything. Baker Mayfield is is all in. You know what I'm saying? All the chips are on the table. It is rises and falls on me, is the, the attitude, the mentality that Baker Mayfield has taken. How long can he do that? And if they lose, what does that do to this team?
0: I honestly, I think Baker Mayfield can do it all season long. Um, he's that type of a persona who likes from what I've seen likes to carry that weight, likes to carry that pressure and isn't afraid of putting the blame on himself in a loss as well. So when we talk about the loss side of that, because I think you, are I went out with these bold predictions and said there is the potential that Oklahoma goes undefeated. Yeah, you said that was extremely bold. I did. Which to me, you're implying that Oklahoma will lose at least one game this season before the end of the regular season.
1: You at least have to agree that the odds
0: are likely. The, right? odds, the odds are, are more
1: likely team. they're going to lose a game than they are they're going to go undefeated. No, this this a is a team they the haven't playoffs. gone undefeated
0: in 17 years. Oklahoma? Yeah. They like have in the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 17 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. I mean, odds they, are they're they going to in the, the game regular game? season. So could they lose in the How many bowl? times have sure. they gone undefeated in the regular season? Um, they did it in. Since 2000. How many since times? Since um, 2000. I'd be willing to say they did it three times since 2000.
1: You're crazy.
0: <laughs> Am You're cra- I? Cra- yes. In the regular season. In the season.
1: regular season. Yeah. They've gone undefeated once since 2000. What year? 2000. Eight? Wait, 2008. They lost. They lost to Texas. They did. And then they lost the, the the year they lost to uh, Jason White's year. They lost to Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship game. So I guess yeah, that's going to be the undefeated regular season because re- so, Big Twelve Championship is not a regular season. So they lost so to Kansas State in, re- in the Big Twelve Championship game, and then they beat LSU or they lost to LSU in the Sugar Bowl.
0: But the the that, following they did it once. The, in 2004, they went undefeated, and they, they lost. Oh, the, you're right. You're
1: they right. Lost they the, lost to the USC. You're right. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm backing down off the ledge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With, I feel like they could have done it in 2010. No. Nah. I wasn't thinking 2008. I was thinking 2003, 2004. Yeah. And two, like
1: 2008, was it Ryan Reynolds, the linebacker who got hurt against uh-huh. Texas uh-huh. in 38? I remember 38 to 28. I, yeah. I was at that game and just saw everything turn. Okay. Um... We're going to come back with score predictions on Oklahoma and Ohio State. Big 12 rundown. Um, people talk about what an awful weekend it was with the big 12. I think it was the expected weekend of the big 12. I, and hear me out. I mean I, I think I said this earlier, everybody played their part. Everybody did what we expected them to do this weekend. Let me ask you this question. How many spots? Big Twelve. Our, our Heartland Dash Sports Big Twelve Power Rankings are out today. How many spots did you drop Texas?
0: I can't. I honestly can't remember where I had Texas number one, but I think it was either four or it was five. They said at number nine for me.
1: So you dropped them. You're saying you dropped them maybe I five, did. four and or five spots.
0: Let, can I justify that really quickly? Because power rankings, I think, are something that changed drastically each week based on the performance Um, and so it's not a top 25 ranking that you know you'll drop seven spots and in the top 25 it doesn't seem like that much power rankings yeah absolutely i I put him at number nine because of the product on the field completely missed expectations you look at i mean they've got an all-american on the offensive line who is
1: terrible
0: where was the rushing attack?
1: Connor Williams was terrible. People talk about going into the season again. Maybe some homework. I'll, I'll be way more biased against Texas than I will if I'm the State. People talk about uh, Orlando Brown, Connor Williams, two best tackles in the Big Twelve, and oh, you know, Connor Williams is, is that much
0: better than Orlando Brown. He'll be the nah. first.
1: That's, I'm telling you, that's all.
0: I, I know. About. I know. And that when I look at anything like Todd McShay, Connor Williams goes before Orlando Brown but, in every single one of them. But
1: Connor Williams was terrible. The, the Texas first offensive score of the season called back because Connor Williams is holding. That The Texas up front, offense and defensively were
0: atrocious. So it's not only that, though, because I, I agree that plays right into where was the rushing attack, the lack of. But where were the receivers? These receivers that were supposed to make these defenses who were sucked into the rushing attack pay, I I didn't see any of that happen against Maryland and Texas was an eighteen and a half point favorite when that game that was opened. easy money it easy was easy money it was we
1: did our, our Friday locks I uh-huh. think every single one of us had Maryland we
0: saw those points we're like yep give me the Terrapins and like I said my my reasoning is what has Texas done it is when I look at not only the Friday locks but but the power rankings it's what have you done for me lately
1: but see that and that's why that's why I say it's not that big of a deal. L- losing to Maryland? Yeah, because everyone's overreacting. I mean, think about it. the The pollsters had to overreact because they inexplicably put Texas in the top 25.
0: Right, which was...
1: So you have to dangerous. overreact. Oh, no, it's the Big 12's terrible because Texas lost. Texas losing has been a thing for four years now. I mean, think about it. When the You have to go back to 2009.
0: You mean Mac Brown.
1: You have to go back to 2009. Even before Mac Brown left, Texas losing was a
0: thing. They started, You yeah, have
1: man. to go back to 2009 to find the last time Texas was relevant in college football. Do you realize that? That's almost a decade. The last time the Longhorns were relevant in college football, 2009. Well, and so they, because they lose at home to Maryland, all of a sudden it's a big deal? No, it's not. Anybody who covers this conference... That's not wearing the or the burnt orange glasses knows Texas is not <laughs> nah, good.
0: Matt, <nah>, it <laughs> it is a big deal. No, it's not. Why it, they were in the top twenty five. You've mentioned But that. they didn't but, know it. But, but the okay, big deal so, the big deal, and I think Tom Herman alluded to this post game, was that everyone thought new coach fairy dust wins. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up
1: because that's Tom Herman's fault. When's the first time you heard Tom Herman say, we don't really have the guys to win? Who's going to say that, though? You don't I mean, say who, it after you who, lose. Who is literally going to come out and say that? You don't say it after you lose. You say before you went. look, guys, there's some likely expectations on our program. We need you to be patient. What you're going to see from our team is you're going to see character. You're going to see heart. You're going to see effort. That, that I'm on board with. You're going to see that. But please... Be patient as we develop these guys. That's what you say preseason. You don't buy into the, hey, you're Texas, you're burnt orange, you put your helmet on the field and people cower. You don't buy into that, and then when you lose at home, say, oh, I don't have any pixie dust. I can't make these guys good ball players. You're going to have to be patient with this. Well, <laughs> you know what you just did? You just threw your entire team under the bus and said, they're not any good. I'm the head coach. I'm the guru you thought I was, but I had nothing to work with. The,
0: the biggest problem for Texas, and going back to your they've been bad for a decade, Texas hasn't had a quarterback for a decade.
1: Texas hasn't had a quarterback. You, you're right. They haven't. You, when, you, you, I was thinking about that just the other day. You remember when Garrett Gilbert was the answer for Texas? Yes. Holy cow. How long ago was that?
0: A long time. David Asher? Asher or just Ash? Oh, Ash. Yeah, yeah, David Ash. See, I can't even even
1: remember his name. Um, Okay, do you know how far I dropped Texas in the power rankings? One spot? Nope.
0: I didn't drop them at all. Why? Because they did what I thought they would do. Where did you have them initially? I had them at six. Okay, because I'm thinking that you had them. Five and six, I think, is very reasonable.
1: That's where they belong. They're probably the sixth best team in the Big 12. And, and the reason I didn't drop them any lower because I looked at the teams that were below and I thought, could Iowa State beat Maryland? No. Could Kansas beat Maryland? No. Could Baylor beat Maryland? Absolutely not. I looked at all those teams that were below Texas and I thought, well, they're not going to beat Maryland either. And I'm definitely not going to reward a team for, for beating an FCS school. And I I yeah. I will punish a team for losing to an FCS school. That's why Baylor's number ten. Good,
0: good. I was going to ask you. that. Yeah,
1: you lose to FCS. You're you But by the way, again, the everyone playing their part. Do you do you remember what I said about Baylor last week? No. I said the one of the top the top battle is going to be Oklahoma Oklahoma State. Who wins this conference? The second battle to watch is Baylor Kansas. Who finishes in the basement? Remember that? And I said did Kansas. Probably won't be last. Someone's going to replace them. It's going to be Baylor. Everyone played their part, Rich. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State clearly uh, identified themselves as the two best teams in this conference. Agreed. TCU, Kansas State identified themselves as those potential uh, guys that could bite you, right? And I
0: I moved TCU up. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask you about that because uh, you weren't on the TCU. I wasn't.
0: And and a lot of that, like I said, was because of, of... What's his real last name? All I can think of is Kenny Trill. What's his last Hill. name? Kenny Hill. I I was looking at Kenny Hill, and I told you my reasoning yeah. last week was that I just don't have confidence in him as Six a quarterback. Sixteen nothing
1: later, you're you're a little bit.
0: Yes, it's a it's a little bit different, but it's not only that. It's because not only were were they able to do things with Kenny Hill, the running game I thought performed extremely well for TCU. Obviously, their their defense performed at a high level to produce a shutout. We talked about the rarity of those. And so the entire product on the field made me go, maybe I was wrong and they deserve a little bit of credit here. Yeah. So I, I did, I bumped them up because of those simple facts. Baylor in the basement for me, Texas right there with us. Okay, if, if you're Baylor, what do you do now? You remove the football team. Uh, and <laughs> put those dollars somewhere else, and find a use for that stadium.
1: Look, we we knew it was going to be tough for Baylor this season. I I don't think anybody outside of Joey Galloway thought that Baylor was going to be anything to shake a stick at this season. But you you can't lose at home to Liberty. I, I realize Liberty becomes FBS next season. But you, you, you know what Liberty has to do next season to be FBS? I don't. They have no. to play like they have to play New Mexico twice. They play New Mexico two times next season, once at home in Lynchburg, Virginia, and once in New Mexico because they can't even fill out an FBS schedule. It's not because people aren't lining up to play. Oh, you guys beat Baylor. We don't want to play yeah. you. It's because no one wants to play them because they're so they're they're they're
0: that school that you don't want on your schedule. I figured the the SEC would take a mid season.
1: Hey, there, there's there's
0: so chance line them hey, up.
1: Listen, listen, these these pundits need to be careful. There's opportunity this weekend for the SEC to have a loss to an FCS school. Just hear me out. Mark that down, and we'll talk about it next Tuesday. Okay. But don't be shocked. Oh, by the way, programming note, we're Monday next week, not Tuesday. But don't be shocked if you hear of RC, whatever, however you keep up with scores on Saturday, if you see the SEC drop an FCS game next week. And then I'm, I'm curious how the spin is. But everyone's talking about how the Big 12 is so terrible. I think the Big 12 proved it's got four contenders. What happened to the top team in the Pac-12? USC barely survived. The top team in, in the Pac-10, or the Big Ten. Ohio State struggled for Still a half.
0: Still out of the gate. Finished decently strong.
1: The top contender for the ACC, Clemson rolled. Top contender for the SEC. No,
0: no, no. The top contender for the the ACC is Florida State. No. Yes. No. Easily. If, well, what, if they were before okay, Saturday, okay. they're done now. Okay, I will say this. Um, without Francois on the field... They take a, a huge. I'm a, a huge firm step back. believer. I'm a
1: firm believer. you're top dog until someone knocks you off. Top dog. Then this is why I can't believe you got OSU number one on your power rankings. Oh, you top dog. Back to back Big Twelve champs. That's okay, man. Someone's got to knock them off for you them know, not if, to be top dog. If Clemson, Oklahoma
0: gets a win this week, that Clemson
1: changes. top dog in the ACC until someone knocks them off. They are top dog. You you can't. I mean, you're you're buying into Texas I, I'm logic.
0: Shaking my head, no. Yeah,
1: because you're buying into Texas logic. I'm not, I'm you're you're buying, buying into in, You're law. buying in to the names on the back of the jersey I'm, and to the logo on the front of the jersey and not looking at what's happened on the field.
0: I'm telling you, the defense that Florida State put out there will will not lose another game this season. Oh, the defense crazy. alone. Cra- no, now because, again, you
1: can't. You can't. You can't even. Even when you do lose that argument, you're going to be able to say, well, it wasn't the defense's fault. they got a freshman no, no, no. quarterback now.
0: No, no. They had a, a first-year starter out there. Or did he start last year, and I was just you know, completely freshman oblivious.
1: Off? Yeah, he started the last year.
0: They're, he's a sophomore. He's an underclassman. I get that. If they're starting a freshman, it doesn't really matter to me. When you lose I'm- a guy like Dalvin Cook, I did not expect Florida State to do what they did Specifically, defensively against Alabama.
1: Everyone's talking about how good Francois is. I just think he was okay. You just like say the name. You just like saying Francois. Yeah, because I can't say. <laughs> you like can't that's say the name. But <laughs> so here's the thing: everyone's talking about how good Francois is, and then oh, if Florida's terrible now, Florida State's terrible because he got injured. But by the way, Florida really is terrible. But anyway, Florida State's terrible because they have no chance. I don't. I don't. Are we think forget the fact that on back-to-back plays. He threw interceptions. That game got out of hand because of him. It did. And you're telling me they're top dog in the ACC? No stinking way.
0: No way. Okay, we're not covering these two teams. Let's have a personal argument later. Here's my point I'm making. And we can wrap this up. The point I'm making is,
1: you're going to have to give me Clemson right now for my point, okay? (laughs) The point I'm making is, top dog in the Pac-12 struggled. Top dog in the Big Ten got out of the gate really, really slow. Top dog in the ACC rolled. Top dog in the SEC rolled. Top dog in the Big 12 rolled. But the Big 12's terrible because Baylor and Texas lost. Baylor and Texas did exactly what they were expected to do. It's not a terrible conference because that, that's like saying that's like saying Indiana lost. So the Big Ten's in trouble. No, Indiana was expected to lose. Baylor, Texas were not expected to be contenders, and they proved on Saturday that they're not. You got to be careful that you don't overreact to Texas losing. Is I guess is the point I'm making. This team hasn't been relevant, losing has been a thing in Austin, Texas for four years now, five years. Still is. New coach, same program.
0: <laughs> By the
1: way, I do, I do want to, I do want to.
0: Yeah
1: I just I just want to say um I do believe in Tom Herman but I I I think he's a good coach. I think he has the potential to be a great coach, but I think he made a huge mistake by not owning up to any of that loss on Saturday. By just saying I don't have magic pixie dust. That that is not if I'm a player for Texas. And I've been told from day one, hey, it's us. We're a team. It's us against them. The world is against you, but we are together in this. And then I hear my coach say, "Look what you gave me to work with. I don't have magic, magic pixie dust to make these guys better." He's just separated himself from the team. He cannot say any longer it's us. Now he has to say it's you guys. And I'm, I'm curious What that locker room scene is going to be like the next time adversity rolls because it's coming in two weeks. Um, Okay, Big 12 rundown (laughs) this this week. Um, Oklahoma State at South Alabama. I don't care about a score prediction here. I just want to know is Oklahoma State going to cover the 28 points?
0: They should easily. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. And I think. Go ahead. I, I know we're not going to have a huge discussion on this, but I think it's a very similar situation to what Oklahoma did with UTEP in that there's a lot of. Backups playing at the start of the second half.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I, you have to because the next week, you, the next game, you got Pitt, uh, Charlotte, Kansas State, not worth talking about. You know, one team we haven't talked about, but again, they were where I thought they were. I didn't punish them. West Virginia at home against East Carolina. I think this actually is going to be an interesting game. But I, I thought West Virginia, they 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 lost. But I thought they exceeded my expectations. Either West Virginia was better than I thought they were going to be defensively, or Virginia Tech's worse than what everyone thought they were going to be offensively. And I think Justin Fuente is a pretty good coach. offensive. I mean, he's a good offensive mind. Look what he did at Memphis. Um, I think West Virginia is better than I expected them to be.
0: The only thing I'll say about Virginia Tech was all of the news that was being written about them was about the defense. Um, and then you know how you get this glorious comment section where everybody lets you know what you've done wrong. People were pointing that out and saying, cool, so we've heard about the defense. We've heard about how good this Virginia Tech defense is. What what do we need to know about the offense? What is available? What weapons are there? And so I think it was, I, I wouldn't say Virginia's, West Virginia had the greatest defense. Um, I think it was... Virginia Tech may not have the greatest offense. And so those two things going head-to-head. I will say with West Virginia, I was a little bit, in the second half, impressed with Will Greer mm-hmm. and the long ball that he was throwing. Um, that can be very dangerous in the Big 12. He just got to develop that.
1: Third third most impressive performance by a quarterback in the Big 12. You've you got any given order. I'm going to put Baker and then Mason Rudolph. You're probably going to flip those because you're an OSU homer. Um, but, uh, <laughs> who's next Man. Jesse Ertz or Will Greer? I, I, I think Jesse didn't. Ertz had the best quarterback performance
0: of the weekend that no one's talking about. I agree. Um, and the reason being Jesse Ertz completed 10 passes, 330 yards, 333 yards. And what was it? Three touchdowns? Yes. Or four? Three. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's three. That's ridiculous. That means 30% of his passes okay. were for touchdowns. He hey. averaged 33 yards per reception. If you want to say QBR and you want to rate it on that, Jesse Yertz would have been number one, hands down. But I put him at number three, and then Will Greer. Will, will I great. mean, it's difficult to say a guy had a great performance. Yes, you can look at it as an individual standpoint, but his performance didn't help him win. Well, that's true. That's true. But I, I think... Some
1: of I them, mean, I think, I, I think mean, their receivers did more to help them lose
0: than Will Greer did. I think Dana Holgerson lost in the game. Dana Holgerson With his, his sideline warning. Yeah, but it, the same thing happened at Virginia Tech. I know, but it wasn't as crucial. That's true. That's true. Because they mean, were, it was like third and one when Holgerson yeah, got his, that, right? Yeah, because that guy yeah. ran backwards, mm-hmm. which is stupid. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was third and 30. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Um. Yeah, true, I, I, but
1: I think West Virginia still has some some big question marks at the linebacker position, but they, they
0: were better than I, I thought. Was, I thought Preston could have been a Big 12 caliber in the second half, the way he played in the second half against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Preston was extremely impressive.
1: All right, well, we'll see. East Carolina, I think West Virginia wins that game. Any any, any different I, thoughts? No, I
0: agree with
1: you. Here's the big game. mm <laughs> I mean, I say this seriously because, again, because everyone wants to talk about the the bottom half of the Big 12. I guess that's where everything's determined. Iowa at Iowa State. The Cyclones impressed me Mm -hmm. with their win over Northern Iowa. Not that they won, but the the, the fashion in which they did. Do they have a chance at home against the Cyclones? That I don't know. Against the Hawkeyes? That I don't know. (laughs) I, I think... I'm just saying, if you're going to say Baylor and Texas losing are indicators of, of the state of the Big 12, then you got to say that if Iowa State beats Iowa, then the Big 12 is okay, right? Don't you have to
0: say that? Because it doesn't matter what the top does.
1: Am I beating a dead horse
0: here? Yeah. I get your argument. I um, mean, it's something that when we look at the SEC, it's very apparent there as well. The top team is Alabama. And then there are contenders below them. But every year, the SEC, the reputation of the SEC, is based upon what Alabama does in Alabama alone. For
1: sure. That's why I'm saying it's a hypocritic argument. It is. Thank you for seeing my side.
0: <laughs> I've got your
1: back. <laughs> I'm there. San Jose State, Texas, Longhorns rebound, and get their first win of the Tom Herman era. Uh, I'm curious at how clean of a game this is going to be for the Longhorns. They've got a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball, particularly up front, and then with those linebackers. Does
0: San Jose State FCS?
1: No, no, they're a division. How have they they're...
0: played two games this season?
1: I don't know. They Maybe they started early. <laughs> um, TCU-Arkansas, another big game. Big 12 SEC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll, not, be, that, that'll be a good game. I'm going to be looking in there. Who, who,
0: who do you got in that game? Um, I'm, I 60 want, to
1: nothing over Jackson State.
0: I think it's going to be an extremely close game. Let me start off by saying that. And I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. I'm going to go ahead and give TCU that edge and say that they win by a touchdown.
1: I think Arkansas is better defensively. TCU is better offensively. I can't stand Arkansas's coach, so I'm not even going to mention his name right now. And I don't like the SEC, <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm going TCU all the way on that game. I, I really think I, I think TCU wins it. TCU would TCU was a bad team last year, and they were close to winning this game last year. I think they win it outright this year. Central Michigan, Kansas, um, does Central Michigan need a hail mary to beat the Jayhawks? Yeah. <laughs> I think they do. I don't think so, man. I, I think uh, I think Central Michigan wins it. Kansas I won. I, I I do. I don't. I don't. I, I'll bet you a Dr Pepper on this okay. game. You're um, on. Kansas won on Saturday, but it was ugly. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a. I mean, it was good. Good job, Jayhawks. You won. But I mean, it's not like you're playing Texas or anything. I
0: I have zero trust in Central Michigan to air air the ball out there. You remember
1: Central Michigan beat Oklahoma I State in Stillwater last year. I do,
0: and that was the big
1: botched call of the season that Mike Gundy says never happened.
0: So, and didn't they vacate that game anyway? No, I mean, they how got, do you vacate? You only vacate never, if you get in trouble I by mean, the NCAA. 1945. National well, State that's true. That's true. Oklahoma State.
1: Bad. Oklahoma State has entered the fictional world of creating By the way, things. I heard they the they want to be like Alabama, so they're just going to start claiming national championships. I
0: heard they were the only one who applied for a national. You championship.
1: know what? I'm doing a lot of uh, bagging on Oklahoma State. You are. I, I think. I you think are. if you're an Oklahoma State fan listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. I have not been kind to you today. Hey, and they're,
0: they're number one in my power rankings. But
1: Richard has them number one in his power rankings. um okay um seriously i mean we usually don't talk about these games but we have to texas san antonio against baylor do the bears bounce back they play the mighty liberty flames at home can they bounce back this week against what is what is texas san antonio I, i know larry Coker used to be their their uh their head coach what is their mascot? Do you know? It's some kind. Of, I think it's the Roadrunners. Is it the Roadrunners? It may be. I don't know. All right. So Baylor, do they get their win this week? I I think they do. I'm with you on he that as well. Down. Okay, so that means uh, Oklahoma's. Oh, dude, we're down to 15 seconds. Oklahoma at Ohio State. Score,
0: Score prediction. Score prediction.
1: Give me, give me what you got.
0: Again, I think this is going to be a I, – I want Oklahoma to win this one desperately. You and um, one hundred and fifty other thousand. I know, I, fans. I want them to exact revenge revenge in the horseshoe. Um, I think Oklahoma I'm trying to justify picking Oklahoma and I don't still know if I can do it at this point in time.
1: Making your OSU fans
0: your Ohio OSU buddies State, happy. Ohio here. State is a really, really good program. Hey,
1: thank you for keeping OSU fans involved in our podcast with this prediction.
0: Oklahoma is a very good program. Forty two twenty four Oklahoma. I'm teasing you. Um, I, I think it's going to be closer to 27-24, but I'm going to go in favor of Oklahoma. He,
1: here's the thing. Um, people said that Alabama-Florida State was not an elimination game. That one of those teams could lose that game and still make the playoffs. I agree. I don't think that happened. I think Florida State's done. They were told. Well,
0: you said Clemson is the best team they in the so It did not really and matter.
1: Until so someone knocks them State. off, they are. Um, but... I think Florida State just got thrashed in that game. And then they lost their starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Florida State's
0: not going to overcome that loss. Which is, I mean, the odds of them overcoming it are as, what were the odds that we were talking about earlier?
1: I don't know. That was a long time ago. They've been recording for
0: one hour and one minute. We're, We're a minute and 16 seconds over. I can't think of it either.
1: The point I'm trying to make is, I don't think the loser of Ohio State and Oklahoma is out of the race for the playoff and therefore the Sooners will still have a chance to win the conference and make the playoff because I think they fall by a field goal. I'm thinking 31-28. I think it's a much closer game. It's a very competitive game. It may be one of the best games we see all season between two top ten programs. But I think at the end of the day, going to the horseshoe, 100,000 fans, still fairly new cast of characters around Baker Mayfield. He loves the fact that people doubt him and that. They doubt the team. I guess i got to be lumped in with those doubters. Um, I, I think Oklahoma loses a hard-fought g- contest by a late field goal.
0: I just don't see Oklahoma losing twice to teams. It hasn't. In I mean, general.
1: it hasn't happened in, in uh, on these home and home series. Mm-hmm. I mean, when's the last time they lost both sides of it?
0: I can say the last time they won both sides of it was Florida State, Tennessee. That's true as well.
1: So I mean, I just I don't know, man. I, and I Tennessee. That place was rocking. It was rocking, and they were terrible for three and a half quarters. Mm-hmm.
0: I, like I said, we're on opposite sides of the fence with this one. Cause no, you picked Ohio State, didn't you? I said Oklahoma.
1: Oh, did you say Oklahoma? I said
0: 27-24.
1: So I'm keeping the OSU fans in then. All right. All right, so we'll see. I want to come back. I want to come back next week and say, Richard, you nailed it, man. You were spot on, and I was so far off. And I would love to have one of those 59-3 blowout games like, you know, Florida State, Cincinnati, those type of things. But those all happened in Norman and OU missed their chance <laughs> on that last year. I think if OU wins, if OU wins, it's going to be along the lines of the Tennessee game or Florida State, you know, in, in Tallahassee with Langer Jones hitting Kenny Stills late in the game. I think it's something along those lines if OU wins. I just – I
0: know. I, I think they. I
1: learned. tried to be realistic, and I th- and so I'm gonna. I, I picked this team to go ten and one. The ten and two was a possibility. Right. But I picked them ten and one. I think the one comes this
0: Saturday evening. See, I think the offensive line holds up. Good decisions are made. Interceptions, turnovers are kept to zero. And we see the the rushing game actually begin to take form of what we should expect for the rest of the season.
1: All right. Well, he's Rich. I'm Matt. This the Sooner Nation Podcast. Check us out, heartland-sports.com. Uh, lots of coverage, even for Oklahoma State. We have good coverage. Our, our man, Zach Lowe, does a great job uh, recapping and pre- previewing things. Uh, we'll be there at the website every day this week. Looking forward to hearing back uh, your comments, thoughts, questions, suggestions on the podcast. Please feel free to share. Take care. Have a great week, everybody.